Hey, Josh, how are you? Christopherian, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, and uh, I want to welcome everybody. We have some new listeners uh, out there because we're on uh, Facebook now. We're on Facebook.com Political Commute. We have some new listeners, and they might not know who you are, and I know you as a uh, very talented voiceover uh, announcer. I know you as a television producer. What else do we have to tell the people about you? And, and what about your breadth and depth of politics? And do you get paid to talk about politics? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, I get paid the big money, Chris. <laughs> I get paid in, in hugs, I think, so far. Yeah, um, this is obviously not a money-making venture. This is just something we kind of cooked up because I've got a long commute. Ironically, I'm standing in my home studio today at a stand-up desk where my commute is three you know, steps down from the kitchen. But most days I am you know, working in the South Bay. I live in the East Bay, which is about a 40-mile schlep, which can be anywhere from an hour and a half to 17 hours, depending upon Bay Area traffic. So what I do is I write, I produce, I script doctor, I direct, and I voice over. Those are sort of my five tools, which is there's some, some crossover to you know, you and your many hyphenated skills as well. Tell us a little bit about yourself for for Jimmy, who is now a new listener who has not actually heard us before or doesn't really know who in God's name we are and why in God's name we're talking about politics. Well, I'm in New York City. I've never been um, asked to talk about politics, but I'm a video writer, producer, director, uh, just like you, working with a bunch of clients here in the New York area, and I'm happy about it. But let's get right into uh, this political talk uh, something happened yesterday. Something wicked. And yes. And it was the Wisconsin primary. Yes, there was. Um, I just want to focus on, on, on the Republicans for a second because I don't want you to go off on Bernie again for another <laughs> 20 minutes about how great he is. I, I was listening actually to the last one. I, I was like, okay, just give me one minute and then like 15 minutes later, I'm still talking about Bernie and how he's a pure soul. And I was like, oh my God. Anyway, sorry about that. I want to talk about is this the end of Trump and what, what clicked for the voters in Wisconsin about Trump? And he had a really bad two weeks. But you know what? He really didn't change that much in those two weeks. He said things that were outrageous. He's, right. He has said outrageous things, but I think it was the proximity of the abortion comment being flipped with nukes, uh, the Heidi Cruz picture. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I don't know what, what changed. It's, it's hard sometimes when it's like when a show jumps the shark. You know, it's like mm-hmm. what changed about that show? It was doing so well last yeah. season and then. Yeah. You know, something happened, a writer left or somebody got too big for their britches or whatever it was. And it's just suddenly seems stale and last you know week's news and, and it's just not hip and current and fun anymore. And it seems a little bit and maybe this is just sort of wishful thinking on my part. But, you know, Trump is there's he has no right to be running for he has no right to be the, the front runner in the Republican Party uh, for the presidential uh, nomination. He has no qualifications whatsoever. He has no policy statements. He's a megalomaniac, narcissistic psychopath who just should never have gotten anywhere near this far. And I think some people sort of maybe in the middle, you know, maybe they want to support him. Maybe they're like, oh, my God, if this guy were actually president, actually running the you know, United States of America, which is still a very important country, if not the most, um, if, you know, what is that? What signal is that sending? That's Bush, you know, the second times five. I mean, he's, he's a bigger idiot, a bigger buffoon. Look at the hair. Look at the things he says. Look at the spray on tan, all of that sort of stuff. So you know you're loathsome when – People like me 
are rooting for Ted Cruz, who is about as repellent and loathsome a character as they come. He's the most unlikable, perhaps mainstream politician we've ever seen, as far as I can remember. I can't remember anybody less attractive, and, and not just physically, but to you know the general voting public. I mean, he's very attractive to very hardcore evangelical, you know, Christian voters. Beyond that, I don't know any, and even they probably are like, well, he's all that's left. I guess we got to vote for this guy. Or, well, he's not Trump. I guess we got to vote for this guy. Well, here's the interesting thing. And, and um, um, Trump got, I don't know, a high 30s of, of the vote. I think, thir- no, 35%. And he was winning primaries with 35%. Yeah. In the past. And so there were nine other people running, Carly Fear. Exactly, exactly. But but what I'm saying is that his congregation, his flock, they're static. He's stuck at this number. Right. And it's like that to the general election, that number goes way down. You know, when you start talking the overarching public, you know, he's got, as we said in one of these podcasts before, he's got a subset of the Republican Party. The Republican Party is shrinking because, you know, there's only so many old white guys who, you know, gripping, tightly gripping guns in one hand and flags in the other to vote for him. And so, you know, there's less and less of them. And of that group, he's got, you know, 30 or 40 percent, you know, of that subset. So, but that subset is not representative of America anymore. It's maybe 40 percent, 45 percent, whatever it is. So if he's got, you know, 35 or 40% of 40%, that's not going to win him an election. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think um, Republicans kind of are, are seeing the light on that. But to me, I think what happened in these last two weeks is that the echo chamber, everybody kind of faced the music and people said, you know what? He's mean. Yeah. You know what? He's a bully. You know what? He's an ass. Yeah, it's a yeah. horrible man. You know, yeah, yeah. he just, he hates women. He's this crazy guy. Just, you know, oof. Now you, you said this about, you know, the alternative being, being, um, Cruz and, uh, Harvey Firestein, who is a, uh, for those people who don't know, is a gay playwright. He did his first play, I think, or one of his most actor. famous he's, plays. He's known as an actor, but yes. No, yes. no, no. He wrote Torchstone tr- Trilogy. He got, he won the Pulitzer, I think. I could. I, I, I Are you getting Harvey Firestein and Tony Kushner mixed up, or no? <laughs> I, I hear Harvey Firestein go, "Is that so wrong?" <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I, I did a voiceover audition some years ago as a Harvey Firestein character, uh, and I could do a pretty good impersonation for about three sentences, and then it literally was like gargling with razor blades. And I actually said to them, "I said, you know what? I got to take myself out of this audition because it's really painful." <laughs> I don't know how he talks like yeah. that, but obviously it's not right. painful for him. No, no, no. Harvey Harvey Fierstein wrote that. He also wrote the book, yeah. The Kinky Boots. Um, he he is a he is a writer. But anyway, on, man. on Facebook he said, you know, what is this rush as Democrats of like trying to protect the Republicans and saying, oh, we've got to save them, we've got to get rid of Trump, we've got to say no to. He's like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. Mm. We've got to just let this play out. This is their problem. It is. is. You know what? He's right and he's wrong at the same time, I think. Look, as as a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, a a guy living, you know, from New York, living in the Bay Area, you know, it doesn't get too much more liberal than I do. They do. It's possible, but not by much. Um, Mm -hmm. I look at the Republican Party basically disemboweling itself and, and, you know, destroying itself from within. They've allowed this cancer in, which is basically the Tea Party, and they're, you know, they're 
eating them from the inside. And it's, it, that sounds sexual, but it shouldn't be. And, it, and it's horrible, frankly, what's happening. And normally I'd be like, oh, yay, Democrats, woohoo. But honestly, the way America works best is when you have what's called, I don't know if it was George Will or somebody called this the loyal opposition. And you need a counterpart. You need a, a check and a balance kind of a situation where otherwise the Democrats go nuts and we do what we do, which is, you know, let's just make everybody have social programs and whatever. We'll go overboard and, you know, everyone has free health, you know, universal health care, whatever we would do if given the choice. You need, you know, these checks and balances. You need compromise. And, and without compromise, it, it goes way too far in one direction. And then it just the pendulum swings back and whatever. So a strong Republican Party is actually better in a weird way, I think, for the Democrats and for the country as a whole. Now, what we have right now is a completely dysfunctional Republican Party. And maybe this is one of those weird times in history where a conservative party comes out of this or a psychotically right-wing radical Tea Party, you know, takes over the Republican Party. And then those moderates, quote-unquote rhinos, you know, Republican in name only, sort of light out and form, form their own party. And I think what that happen, what happens in the short term is the Democrats are strengthened because we're still vaguely unified, although it's getting more fractious between the Bernie folks and the Hillary folks. The true progressives and the kind of, you know, moderate, what people call moderate Republicans, as a lot of people will call Hillary these days. And it's not really fair, but that's almost the case. And then, of course, the Republicans will lose the next election cycle or two and things, you know, there, there may be some progress made finally on the Supreme Court, et cetera, et cetera, you know, with filling some vacancies, the one vacancy now and then whatever's coming. But in, in the long run, you do need, you know, it's a two-party system, at least. You know, need at least two parties. Going, we don't going, have we're going, that. We're going away from my argument, which is this is not our problem. Yeah, but I'm saying it is. I'm saying it. I, I'm disagreeing with Harvey Firestein. And I think this is a big, big problem. I think it's, you know, it's, it's something that we actually, I mean, look, it's a weird feeling because there is schadenfreude, certainly. Yeah. To see these sort of blowhards and these sort of super evangelicals who are all been caught with mistresses or diddling the pool boy or whatever they're doing. You know, it's all very twisted. And, and he who doth protest too much, you know, there's a fair amount of that going on, I think, sure. as well. Hypocrisy, it's not just a Republican problem, but a boy, it does seem yeah. to be uh, rather prevalent. Um, so, yeah, there's Schadenfreude involved, but I also, I, I think you, again, as I just blathered on, I think you do need, you know, a two party system to, to have a functioning. I'm, a not saying, I'm not saying get rid of the two party system, Josh. I'm saying, what I'm saying is, this is a race and we want to win. Oh, and, we're winning this and, race. And, Don't worry, we're going to win this race. I know, I know, but 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 there is a there is a democ there is a feeling among Democrats of trying of wanting to rush in and sort of get in there and 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 try to fix their problem. Let's not fix it. Let's not let's let 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 it fester. Let it get ugly. Let it you know. Yes, it's it's it's. I think it's great for the country to see the blatant hypocrisy of of, of a lot of this stuff. And um, th that's only that's my point. But let's let's Josh, let's move on now to the Democrats. We had a big night for Bernie. Of course, it was another mostly white state that he won. Uh, but how are you feeling about your man Bernie right now? Well, I'm feeling hardened and also somewhat like uh oh, because you know he's he's got momentum. I think at this point in the cycle. You can't argue the fact that Bernie has the momentum. Hillary's desperately trying to hang on to what she's got, which is a 
ton of superdelegates. And, you know, if you look, forgetting about the superdelegates right now, they're almost in a horse race. It's a tie, basically a tie ballgame. They've got maybe 150, 200 uh, delegates, you know, uh, separate them. And that will narrow as assuming Bernie keeps this going. I think if Bernie wins New York, that's a huge thing. Just because even though Hillary isn't really from New York, she did represent New York. And that would be seen. It's sort of like Marco Rubio losing Florida. You know, that's just a big yeah. slap in the face. Well, so yeah, yeah, the yeah, issue, yeah. I think, for me is is the superdelegate thing is it's like, I guess in 2000, you know, we all realized that the Electoral College is just kind of a load of horse crap. And now I, th now I think as a Democrat, and I think most of the Bernie supporters are feeling the same way, that the superdelegate thing is set up in the, in the Democratic Party only, really. It doesn't really exist uh, nearly as uh, prevalently, I guess, in the Republican Party. The superdelegate thing is is kind of a, a, ch a check on the public. It's like, well, we don't want your you know grassroots candidate, in this case Bernie. We want Hillary because she will represent our interests, and that's what's bugging me is that the superdelegates almost are they're like uh, it's like the fix is in, and that is seems very very non representative, non democratic, uh, both big D and little D democratic. So. That's bugging me right now. But, uh, you know, Bernie's won, I think, seven out of eight of the last ones. I think he's got tons of momentum. I think, again, all the things we've talked about in the past, which is he is he is who he is. He, you get you see what you get. What you see is what you get. Uh, none of that has changed. He's getting a little bit nastier with Hillary and she's getting a little bit nastier with him, which I which is troubling to me because I, I kind of do eventually want to see them together on the ticket, which may may not you know be possible if they keep carping at each other. But right. You know, the stakes are high. They're going to start to, you know, bite well, and snipe and snip a little bit. This I found interesting, Josh. You know, so many times over the last two weeks, we heard, I heard reporters on, on television talk about Wisconsin nice. Like, they're so nice in Wisconsin. Well, I'll tell you how nice they are. Um, the national average of black men uh, being inca incarcerated um, in America is 6.7%, okay? In yeah. Wisconsin... It's thirteen percent. Okay? Great. One wow. one in eight black men of working age are in prison in that's Wisconsin. Terrible. So call wow. that, you know, let's call that Wisconsin nice. Yeah, that's and not. That doesn't sound very nice to me. Yes or you betcha. That's actually exactly exactly now. And I think that uh, Wisconsin was a state that was again tailor made for Bernie. Um, and, and, and here's my critique of Bernie here, okay? Bernie's, let's say he's president. He's got, a, he's got a window to do maybe one or two things. One or two, okay? Okay. All right? Before, before what's left, the Republican Party shuts him down? Is that what you're saying? Before, yeah, because just things take time. And I mean, what's his name from, uh, uh, you know, the Republican senator who looks like the Quaker Oats guy, uh, Mitch McConnell? He's... <laughs> <laughs> no, he looks like the turtle from me. <laughs> well, he, he's yeah. still going to be there. He's still going to be there. But anyway. Oh, please no more Mitch he's, McConnell. He's got a shot. Bernie's got a shot to do one or two things. What What do you tell him to do? What do you tell him to choose? Are you going to go back to health care when our infrastructure is crumbling and people need jobs? Are you going to go to the environment uh, when people I think can... The first, the first thing yeah. you do is you get rid of Citizens United. You get rid of super huge money just flying in and, and supporting candidates, you know, willy-nilly and with and, no and, restrictions. And how is that done? With a, with a Supreme Court candidate? Yeah, actually. Okay, so that's eight months. That's eight yeah, months. true. 
but you know, a, a, for one term is four years, so I can I can take eight months for that. That's fine. You know, the, the issue is: will the Republicans or what's left of them ever vote in a progressive uh, Supreme Court justice? It has nothing to do with you know constitutional um, obligation anymore. It has to do with we don't like you. <laughs> we don't like you, Obama, yeah. because you're a black man. We don't like you, Bernie, because you're an aging, cranky Jew. You know, it's like they're not gonna they're not gonna like anybody. We we don't like you, Hillary, if she gets in, because you're an uppity, smart lady who's kind of bitchy. You know, it's like they're gonna hate everybody we throw up there. And they're going to do whatever they can in their increasingly diminishing power to obstruct. That's what they do. That's the Republican mantra right now is obstruct any progress, roll back the clock, you know, screw women over and, and, and kill equal rights and, and put in these BS, you know, uh, religious exemptions. Oh, I don't like gay people, so I don't have to serve them in my store. That's this crap. That's civil, civil rights. That's BS, my friends. Yeah, okay. okay. Asking itself is, you know. <laughs> all right, all right. We're, get, we're, we're getting off subject here. We're getting off subject. Off subject, impossible, sir. <laughs> okay, so you think Bernie first attacks Citizen United and then everything falls his way after that. Right. Well, the minimum wage, he would probably do a $15 minimum wage if that, you know, isn't, isn't the law of the land by then or whatever it'll be. What else would he do? He'd try and push for single payer. He probably won't get that because it's just, the, the medical lobby is way too strong. And, you know, that's just not going to, the pharma would never go for that. I mean, that would be great. And it would actually lower premiums eventually. Mm-hmm. But we had this discussion last time. It's, you know, single, there's no magic bullet with healthcare. Single payer is rife with difficulties, and, and the argument can and will be made that government is not the most efficient way to parse anything out to sort of, you know, deliver any services, and there is something to be said for that. If you've ever been to the DMV, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, but, um, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what he would do next. Well, it's a very no. good question. I haven't actually talked to the man. <laughs> I think you should get on the horn. And, I should totally and get on, on but I think. Pardon me. Let me get rid of that. Sorry. Okay. Well, New York is coming up, and I just want to put in a plug for Hillary. I mean, I think there are some wonderful reasons to vote for Hillary. Number one, I think it's time that we have a woman in the White House. I have a daughter. I remember when she was, I don't know, six or seven years old and asked, you know, has there ever been a female president? And we all had to say, oh, uh, no. Uh, yeah, no. I'll give it a minute. It's coming. Whether she, whether it's her, whether it's Michelle Obama, whether it's one of a number of right. very qualified, smart well, women, I, I, I don't know. I think the time can be now. And um, I think she's uh, incredibly qualified. She's been in politics um, her whole life. She's done some really good things for, for some really good causes. Um, it would be great to have Bill Clinton back in the White House. Just, that'd be, just that'd be interesting, yeah. <laughs> you know, just to, just to have him there, you know. Uh, Bill, um, not not that chair. You're sitting in this chair now. You know, it's like he would gravitate <laughs> right to the back to the Oval Office. Or the issue I think with Hillary is that yeah, she's very very smart, and yeah, she's very very talented. I think she she's a bit of a waffler. You know, she's gone back and forth. She's a little yeah. bit Mitt Romney for my well, my taste there. I mean, she she. She is a political player, and you know. Let's remember, Obama was not for um, gay marriage either. Um, that's, that, you know, that was, yeah, that's true. So people, Democrats, uh, we know this about Democrats, Josh. They evolve. Yeah. Um, and and Republicans. That's, that's not a bad word for us. <laughs> exactly, and, and 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 Republicans don't. And I think that as long as we've seen, as long as we see in Hillary's. Um, history, uh, evolution, I, I think that's okay. I think she's, that's okay. She's moved to the correct positions over time, that's for sure. 
it's just I think she's very in in this this election year for for some reason is is the year against uh, well, big the, money. It's she the, is, well, it's the year of authenticity. Yeah, and then she loses points in that in that uh, realm. I think uh, in that debate. Only because I don't think she is a great candidate. She is not a great public speaker. She is not a very good. Um, you know, her heart doesn't come off on her sleeve when um, she speaks. Yeah, that's uh, she, true. She is it's guarded. It's too nervous um, about she, being about saying the wrong thing. You know, whatever. ultimately, she went to Yale Law School. She trained as a lawyer, right? Um, yeah. You know, I think that's always going to be part of her DNA. But I am really looking forward to New York mattering. I mean, this is I can't remember the last time that, yeah. that New York mattered. I'm going to be, uh, Josh, for you, I'm going to embed myself, okay? Wow, fancy. <laughs> I'm gonna embed you. I'm gonna embed myself into the population and get a real, you know, kind of feeling, uh, take a temperature read on what's going out there. Okay. Um, I don't know how I'll do it from my room here uh, in my in my office, but you might have I, to go out and mix with the hoi <laughs> I might have to. Yeah. I might have to. I'm going to great unwashed. Jump on the subway with the great unwashed. Let's well, see how everybody's doing. I'm what do you guys gonna, think? You should totally take a little microphone. Hey, what yeah, do you guys think? Who you vote for? True. That's true. That's true. Anyway, I look forward <laughs> to a, a bunch of Facebook comments uh, based on this podcast. There could and be two, maybe three. <laughs> there might be. There might be several. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, again, I've uh, enjoyed the past uh, twenty odd minutes. And um, anything to add, Josh? Uh, I don't think so. I think this is a rare moment where I'm not actually talking, so I'm enjoying this part. Yeah, I think it's great. We need more of you, less of me. So this is all good. Yeah. No, uh, I hope to. You know, uh, when is the next? Well, I guess Wyoming, which doesn't really matter much, is eighteen delegates on the Democratic side coming up next, and then New York is the nineteenth. Is that so? That's a week and a half, something, something like that. Like that. Something like that. Okay, uh, that should be interesting. It'd be interesting to see how Trump does, too, being sort of his home state. It is his home state, but, you know, we'll see how how much the bloom is off that rose by then. Another 10 weeks, 10 days, rather, we'll see what happens in the ensuing time. It's going to be interesting. It should be always. Yeah, no, it's been kind of a crazy, it's been fun and wacky and nutty, but we'll see how it all shakes down. Okay, and once again, you can follow us and you can like us at uh, Facebook.com Political Commute. And uh, this has been Christopher Ming Ryan. And Josh Lovett signing off. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate the call. You got Great it. Great to talk to you as always. Ciao. Bye-bye.